All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, sponsored by Lionbolt Media. I'm your host, Craig Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and feature titan for episode 266, all the way from St. Louis, none other than Russ Nolting. Now, Russ, it's an absolute honor and pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. Happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Uh, this is great. I can't wait to dive into the series of questions. Really, everybody out there in the Titan world, Titan nation, to get to know you better, Russ, what makes you tick, all your learning experiences and expertise over all these years in the business dominating. So uh, without further ado, let's dive in. Let's talk about Russ for a second here. Who is Russ? What got you into the business? What's your journey and your path progression all the way up until today? What, what's what's the origin story, Russ? Let's go there. Awesome. Well, so I actually got out of college, went right into teaching. I taught for four years, uh, high school physics. Wow. Um, and I woke up one morning, my last year of teaching, and I was raring to go. Uh, got to work early, started working on my my lessons for the day, super excited. And uh, students started file, filing in the classroom. And I noticed the guy across the hall, Tom. Man, Tom wasn't there. In fact, Tom was five minutes late to work that day. And, and what struck me was that Tom was always five minutes late to work. And Tom was going to receive the same raise that year that I was going to receive. And, uh, and, and at that point, um, I realized I couldn't stay in the education field any longer because the effort that I was putting in was not being rewarded. Mm -hmm. And frankly, the effort Tom was not putting in was being rewarded. So, um, so I didn't sign my contract that year. And, uh, that was during like, I don't know, the tech, the tech boom was starting. Sure. This was 1998. Wow. And uh, that's probably not accurate, but the tech boom was was well underway. Sure. Um, I started looking for sales jobs in technology, hmm. and my father called me one day and he said, "Please come sell dirt with me." And um, oh. he had been developing land in in the outskirts of St. Louis, Missouri, for the the previous twenty years. Wow! And uh, he was super successful. Um, but his business was muddy and messy and he would buy a thousand acres and divide it into a hundred tracks and sell it. And it just sounded so unsophisticated and boring. And I said, no way am I going to do that. Um, mm. so he begged me to work for him for the summer. Wow. And, uh, and the next day, so I worked for him for the summer and I was in a big John Deere cab tractor in like late August, air conditioning blowing. I was smoking a, a Macanudo cigar and man. I'm driving around this tractor mowing a, uh, you know, bush hogging like a, I don't know, hundred acre field. And, uh, and I was thinking about like how awesome my life was, but I got to do this all the, all the time. You know, it was great. I loved it. I loved everything about it, fell in love with real estate, and I've been doing it ever since. Oh, my gosh. And, Roz, you, you paint such a beautiful picture with that, even from the cigar to, to the August heat. I, I really love that backstory. And, you know, talking about physics, 
to dirt and real estate and having that that path, there is not a one size fits all. It's never one of those things that you think, hey, when I grow up someday, I'm going to do it's It's always interesting and fascinating to go into it. So from that aspect, falling in love, what did your career path look like from there to today, Russ? Because you've been doing this at a high level for a long time. And I would love yep. to kind of get the, the lineage of yep. how you got to where you're at today from that point. Absolutely. So, so I, uh, so I went all in on real estate with dad. Um, he kind of focused on the development side of our, of our business. Mm-hmm. And I took over the sales side, ran the sales team. Uh, we at, you know, during those years, we were selling more residential real estate lots than anybody in, in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was great. Yeah. Until about 2006 and a half. In, in, in mid 2006, um, the phone just stopped ringing and like you could almost hear the silence. Unreal. And uh, the spigot totally turned off. And I went about 18 months without a sale. And, you know, residential land is is not a necessity. Like nobody has to have 10 acres of of, of, of weeds. Right. So that's the first thing that goes usually in, in a down market. And wow. it went in a very um, noticeable way. Unreal. So in, in late 2007, I quit. Okay. And uh, I said, I couldn't, I couldn't survive this anymore. Um, and I went into residential real estate because at the time, uh, my choices were either go back to teaching and back to that environment that didn't work for me or use my real estate license in another way. So I opened a, a shop um, in September of 2007. Wow. And, you know, I'm sure everyone listening here is thinking that's like the worst time ever in the history of real estate <laughs> to open a real estate company. Oh, but no. but I did. And, um, and uh, I had a couple of really great things happen. A good friend of mine uh, said, you need to get a coach. Hmm. And so I hired a coach immediately. And um, in a downturn, in a tough market, brand new in the residential side, Hmm. um, I sold like 36 houses uh, during a recession, which which I was happy about. I mean, we survived the year. I had three of, well, he was, we were pregnant with my, my son. We had three daughters at the time and we made it. Hmm. Um, in 2010, I had built up a small brokerage with like eight agents. Okay. And um, and it was one of those brokerages where I was doing the vast majority of all the sales and I was taking my commissions to pay everyone else's bills. Mm-hmm. And it was a very like typical independent brokerage setup. Mm-hmm. where the math just really wasn't working. Sure. And um, I read Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, mm-hmm. which is all about how to set up a team the right way. And I was setting up this indie team the wrong way. Oh, no. And Keller had recently launched in St. Louis. And a couple of my good realtor friends had just moved over there. And... um I literally grabbed our licenses one day, mm. walked into the local Keller office and said, will you take me? Wow. <laughs> and, just like that. 
it was like the easiest recruiting appointment in real estate ever. Mm. And, um, you know, what was interesting about it is um, I was trying to do a great job as a broker. I was trying to give awesome training, um, but it just wasn't working. I had too many hats I was wearing mm. and, um, and I was just failing too, too often. Wow. So I joined KW in February of 10. Okay. And um, and immediately dismantled my team. Everyone ended up leaving the business, basically. Wow. Uh, which which indicates kind of like the quality of the agents I was hiring, right? Like fair enough. Yeah. It, it was it wasn't that great. So I started rebuilding, and um, about two years into it, uh, the the people that were that owned the office that were running the office left, and I won't get into the details, but. It was, sure. it was an ugly situation. Ouch. And um, so one of the investors in that office said to me, Hey, will you, will you run this office for the next few months while we look for a suitable team leader to run it? And I said, sure. You know, I'm a, I'm a team player. So um, I did that for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> a true team player, right? There. A true team player, a true team player. Um I sold, I sold during those 10 years, hmm. uh, in a, in a leveraged way, you know, having anywhere from a dozen sales to, to, I think my best year while I was a team leader was 50 or 60 units. Wow. Um, I became a coach with KW's maps coaching division in 2016. Love it. And, uh, and then I was out in Colorado in 2021, my oldest uh, daughter, Sarah had just gotten married. She mm. moved to Fort Collins. We were visiting her and we were up in the mountains wow. and we were coming out of the mountains at the end of a week uh, in, uh, of, of just loving everything about summers in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my wife, Heather, who we've been married for 26 years. Wow. And I said, yes. we need to move here. <laughs> and that was summer of 21. And, um, and we drove home. Yeah. And I walked into my office the next Monday. And for like the first time since that experience back at the high school where I was teaching physics, mm. I walked into my office and I was like, I don't want to be here. Wow. And so, um, and I loved my office. I, it, you know, we, we grew that office from 150 agents to now it's got 700 agents. Um, Real. But I just didn't want to be there anymore. Mm. So after a little bit of soul searching, I, I resigned with the intention of, ramping my sales, doing more coaching. Um, but about three hours after my resignation went out, oh, no. I got a call from Keller International. Oh. And, uh, you know, when you're a Keller Williams person in leadership, if you get a 512 area code, you pick up the phone. So <laughs> I, I picked up the, the phone from Austin and yeah. um, the guy on the other line asked me if I was interested in a leadership role in Colorado, mm. which serendipitously, I had just been talking about, um, you know, wanting to be there. And uh, six months, six weeks later, I, I was hired as the regional director for KW Colorado, and uh, have been doing that ever since. So unreal. So my real estate roles today, uh, I continue to coach for KW. Uh, I'm the regional director in Colorado, where we have 23 market centers, um, and about 60 locations. 
And um, I'm the operating partner in KW Chesterfield. Okay. And then, um, and I still sell. Uh, I mean, Russ, but you're talking about so many different adjustments into a life and, you know, putting in that effort and work and then seeing things come to fruition. It was really interesting for you to put that perspective back on teaching and the feeling and, you know, really having that perspective, visiting Colorado and making those uh, decisions and, and actions happen. And that's what's so beautiful about real estate is there's endless amounts of opportunity when you surround yourself with great people. I, I want to take you back because you, you had that, you had that very quick decision to go to Keller Williams and take you back to that decision there. Cause I, I really want to hear from your perspective because so many people base decisions on where they go or who they align with or who they surround themselves with. Cause not everything's created equal. Obviously right at that moment in your life and in your career, you said Keller Williams, you, you had reference based off of some colleagues that you trusted that were there, but what was it? Why, why KW? And then obviously you've been there since, so you have a lot more perspective, but I want to hear it yeah. from, from, from uh, younger Russ back in that time. Yeah. Um, so I was at this conference, I was at a Mike Ferry um, superstar conference. I think right. that's what it's called. And, uh, and I was looking around the room and everyone had name tags. You know, I remember Chris Heller, Keller Williams at the mm -hmm. time. And, uh, you know, and, and I can't remember who else was in the room, but lots of big name agents and they were all affiliated with national brokerages. Hmm. And I'm Russ Nolting, Nolting Real Estate. Yeah. And, and I remember saying to my coach, Debbie DeGroat, who's now uh, with uh, Place, uh, coaching with Place. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, Debbie, like, why are these people giving away their money to brokers? Like, why don't mm -hmm. they just all run a brokerage like me. And she said, because they're not dumb. And uh, she probably said it nicer than that. No. But basically she said, because they're not dumb. She's like, they understand that a brokerage doesn't make sense for the owner until you get to about 70 agents. Hmm. Um, and, and I had that light bulb moment of, wow, okay. okay. So I started, um, doing just some informal research. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my, my title company was in a Cobble Banker office. So I, I knew kind of what that looked like. Yeah. Um, I had good friends over at Remax mm -hmm. and I would visit them and, and I had a sense of what that felt like. So, yes. so those are two extreme contrasts from like everyone's in the office at the Caldwell Banker office and, and they feel like and look like employees and frankly, in my world, they were super old and <laughs> probably the age I am now. But and then uh, and I walked into the Remax and every door was shut. Mm. And it was like the exact opposite from like the full bullpen to the ghost town with all the shut doors. Wow. I walked into the KW office and everyone was um, serious talking to me. I, I walked into the KW office and everyone was. um excited, engaged, um, young, yeah. and the model shocked me. You know, I, I figured I was going to be paying 50, 50 on every deal. And they told me it was different. Wow. And I loved that. Yeah. It felt like a financial win hmm. and it felt like a group of people that I could identify with. So I'm like, um, 2010, I'm like, 
38 years old or something like that. And it just, it, it, I saw myself in that group. Wow. That to me, massive perspective. And again, that's you being out there in the field, practicing what you preach and really coming to those conclusions. And I think everybody needs to put that in their own perspective when they're going down that line and decisions. There's always those forks in the road, but uh, excellent explanation on that too, Russ. I, I want to I wanna dive into your position now as regional director. Yeah. What, what does it look like for the future? You know, what, what, what are the goals in your mind, um, you know, for everybody in your organization and that you're involved with, uh, what does it look like now? And, and where do you want to see it go, Russ? What's that look? Um, specifically in my, in my world? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, my job is just like an agent's job. I mean, an agent gets into this business and their job is to help as many families as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, it's, it's to strategically and aggressively take market share. Love it. And, you know, the, the, the neat thing about real estate is that's the realtor's job. Mm-hmm. And you own an office or you, or you run an office. Well, your job is the same thing. It's like, how do we acquire as many agents who want to do that so that we collectively do the same thing, help as many families as we can and take market share. Mm-hmm. At the regional level, it's exactly the same thing. How can I, utilizing my 23 offices over 60 locations, mm-hmm. have as many agents as possible to serve as many families as possible and continue to grow our, our market share? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say this, um, if you don't think that you do a good job at it or a better job than the competition, then that becomes sort of empty and, and meaningless. Hmm. And because I'm confident that we do it better than, than the vast majority of our competition, I can really get behind a aggressive and strategic um, effort to take market share. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does. And and again, Russ, when you're looking at it from the agent to uh, consumer, from professional to professional, you, you do want to surround yourself with like-minded individuals and people that are growing and sharing and scaling. And I think that that is um, it's, it's infectious in, in the most positive of ways. And, you know, I have wonderful relationships with so many individuals ac- across the world. And, and I'm a huge fan of Keller Williams. And, and so that's why I, but I just want to hear it from your perspective and, and your thoughts to anybody who doesn't know, or maybe is thinking about it, um, you know, coming from you, it carries a lot of weight. And, and Russ, you have so much experience with your relationships and communication and understanding this way. And, and from a podcast host to a podcast host, yeah. I, I really do want to, to give you a big shout out into there. So and I would love the Titan Nation to know about your podcast that yeah. launched and just a little bit about it. So would you mind sharing a little bit? Absolutely. So so a few months back, I guess it was October, uh, Gary Keller um, introduced a new purpose for KW. And, and I'm actually wearing a shirt about it. It's It's where entrepreneurs thrive. And, you know, everyone's got decals on the wall that 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 share their mission or share who they are and sometimes you look at that and you're like yeah whatever um i love where entrepreneurs thrive i love the um the the the, the bright side of that because in our industry we love being entrepreneurs there's a 
dark side to it also. Entrepreneurs are messy and confused and they just do things. And it and, and that's how we feel, how I feel about this company. Like um, I love everything positive about where entrepreneurs thrive. And um, I've made peace with all the with all the challenging pieces of that. Um, when that when Gary announced that, I thought, you know, that's like the best description of who we are. Hmm. When I got to KW, I thought I was going to sell houses for the rest of my life. Wow. And, 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 and it just took a few months before I realized there are wealth building opportunities here. There are teaching and training opportunities here. There are coaching opportunities. There are leadership opportunities. There's ownership opportunities. And, and I've been able to take advantage of all of those things <laughs> because we're a place where entrepreneurs thrive. So, Huge. um, so we decided to launch a podcast for Colorado um, and, and for whoever wants to listen, where we each week, Fridays at 930 Mountain, we interview a, a different entrepreneur inside our ecosystem and how they are using the 4,000 KW Colorado agents to build businesses that are, are thriving. Last week, we we interviewed uh, Gay Ribble. She, uh, she was our number one. GCI earner last year with 4.2 million bucks um, in GCI. And her story of 30 years in real estate is a perfect example of the, the agent who um, starts at a different company, moves to KW in order to build a team. And through the last 30 years, turns that into um, the number three expansion spoke She's an expansion team, um, but she's a spoke of an expansion team. She's the number three expansion spoke in all of KW. Wow. And and um, inside the Sarah Reynolds umbrella, uh, Empower Home team, she uh, brought in $4.2 million. It's crazy. I love that. Absolutely love it. And the fact that you're, you're taking the time to do that, Russ, I have a, a big heart. Uh, for you there. And the reason being is because it takes time and effort to really share uh, freely with knowledge and, and information and, and just letting people know, regardless if they're affiliated or not. And I think that more of us should be be doing that and providing that to the industry. Uh, th- there's just so much that we can take away. And, and so I applaud you for doing that. And, and I would encourage anybody who's tuning in and, and a Titan Nation fan to jump on and subscribe. What, what's the name of the podcast, Russ? And, and um, you know, is there a URL or is it, I'm assuming it's syndicated across all platforms? It's syndicated across all platforms. It's okay. called Where Entrepreneurs Thrive. Love it. And I'll get you the URL. I don't uh, you're good. I, I will. I will dig it up. I will make sure that it's in the show notes. Again, I encourage everybody to subscribe, tune in on Fridays at nine thirty uh, Mountain Time, as Russ said. So, Russ, I do want to get to the the second question or the uh, part two of this, uh, which yeah. who tunes in, they want to learn and grow and scale like the Titans. Really taking your knowledge and your perspective and trying to apply it to their goals and to their lives. So. Russ, if you could look back at your career thus far and pick or choose anything that you added or implemented that you really saw growth, scale, movement of the needle in a positive, what would that be? What does that look like? What advice would you give anybody tuning in or listening now or or after the fact? That's a big question. Um, I see two things as, as probably the 
two keys for me. Love it. Um, one, I've always had a coach. And um, like I shared with you, I, I even when I just jumped into this business, not having sold a single home, yeah. somebody said, get a coach. And I, and I, the guy was working, he was a lender, a friend of mine, and uh, I knew him outside of real estate, actually. He said, uh, I, I coached with this guy named Brian Buffini. Hmm. And I said, okay, great, whatever, I'll do it. And um, I invested, despite being in a recession and literally having no money, yeah. I um, I invested in that coaching hmm. and it was so instrumental. And, and through the years, I, I had a Buffini coach, I, I got to a certain level and looked around the room and I thought, you know, you're kind of at the top level in this, in this room, found a new coach, went to Mike Ferry, um, got to KW, switched to a MAPS coach and then became a coach. I love the idea of coaching. Um, and uh, still today, you know, I had my coaching call this morning with my coach. I, I think it is absolutely instrumental to have somebody that holds you accountable um, and um, and helps you think. In fact, somebody today, uh, I was coaching someone and they said, what do you love most about your maps coach? I coach with a guy named Brian Martin. He lives in Austin, Texas. And, um, and my response was, um, he's not, he's not a hard accountability guy. He's not a rah, rah guy. He thinks differently than I think. Wow. And that's what I like about him. In fact, when I was choosing coaches, I am a maps coach. He's a maps coach. So I, so we're colleagues as well. Yeah. And it's funny. And I told him this story when I hired him, I, I actually hired the person that was most irritating to me in, in maps. And I was like, you know, and I, and I said to him, I'm like, I'm hiring you because you kind of make me nuts. Like oh. you say things and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> and I hired him because I need somebody that thinks differently than I think in yeah. order to help me get to the next level. Oh, Russ, it, what what a beautiful example in your thought process there. And, and I'm a firm believer as well with coaches, trainers, mentors. Uh, you look at anybody doing anything at the highest levels. I don't care if it's business or if it's athletes, um, anything in between. Everyone at the highest level continually gets coached, continually gets trained. And, and some people think of that as backwards. Why would Tiger Woods need four coaches? one of the best of all time in the game, right? Because they have perspective on what he doesn't. We're no matter how good we are, no matter how much we know, there's still holes, there's still gaps. And to have somebody who's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt really steps ahead, or at least in alignment to understand where you are and where you're trying to go is going to be massively impactful. And I think too many people downgrade the accountability and really the knowledge base of a coach or trainer mentor. But I agree with you hundred percent, Russ. I think that's huge. I appreciate you saying that means a lot. Yeah. So what was the other thought process you, you, you mentioned too. So one was coach. What was the other thought? So the other thought was, um, around leverage Love it. and, and, and hiring the right people. Um, I, about five years ago, I, I decided to um, hire a virtual assistant. And uh, today my, my business is run. We've got, we've got five virtual uh, assistants 
okay. that do everything. They're all in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, but one directly reports to me, one directly reports to my team leader in, in, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two, uh, two do some recruiting for us. One handles all of our financials. Mm-hmm. Um, hiring the right people, both virtual and then and then the boots on the ground, you know, here um, makes all the difference in the world. And that's been a, a huge journey. I mean, I've hired the wrong people over and over and over again. And, and I see a significant change in my life since um, we started learning from those mistakes and, and finding the right people. Mm. He, Russ, I, I love the fact that you're mentioning those things as leverage and the the ways to grow and to scale. And a, a lot of people have been mentioning uh, virtual assistants. And I, I would love to get your take and perspective on this because you mentioned physical boots on the ground versus the virtual. What's your best way, or if there is any, to to qualify those individuals and to say, yeah, you know what, I think this is going to be the right fit for yeah. this position and then what what prompted that what when was it right in your mind to say now is the time to bring that on so i guess that's like a two part question um i'm not sure i understand the question exactly but let me let me tell you what i think you're saying sure so sure sure you're asking for um i spend much more time today with the person before i make the hire than i used to perfect love it and um you know my first assistant was <laughs> was my best friend's wife. Yep. And um and that was just a a massive disaster. She's probably not listening. Uh, <laughs> massive disaster. Awesome person. Yep. Um but hired for the wrong reasons for the wrong role for the wrong compensation. Right. Um today my process is you know, I probably spend 8 hours or so with a person before I hand them a contract. Okay. And, and we've gone through multiple days of interviews. I've asked the same questions over and over again to see consistency. I'm looking for personalities that I can, can work with, that I can enjoy spending time with. You know, the most important people in my world are these four kids, uh, her husband, their, their child, who's my favorite granddaughter, and my wife. Love and, um, and I say this when I'm hiring people, like, this is who I care about most, Yeah. but my work family is, is number two, because they're the ones I spend the most time with outside of these people. Yeah. So I got to like them. They got to be really talented and they got to be really smart. And, um, so I take a lot of time to make sure that they are. Got it. Yeah. And and so you answered that question. So, so you read my mind, Russ. That was perfect. Again, just evaluating that. And I know that there's so many people that are are asking when and how and, uh, you know, really just putting that time in and understanding the people and asking the right questions. And there is that tonal, you know, note of can they accomplish what's needed for the right reasons? And then do you get along with them? Because you right. do spend time. There's a lot of trust. This is a relationship that's here. Uh, so I love that the communication, the understanding, the research, uh, huge advice for us. Is there anything else that comes to mind before we wrap this up? You've dropped so much information on everybody, Russ. This is incredible. Uh, any, any takeaways, any thoughts, uh, before we close? Well, so I'll say something on the virtual side too. Yes, yes, so, please, please. um, 
I underestimate when I first got a virtual assistant um, through Cyberbacker in the Philippines, cyberbacker.com. Um, I underestimated how valuable that could be. Mm. And um, the reason we have five people now that, that work for us is because the, the amount of output that you can get from a person who is working in their living room in the Philippines in the middle of the night is absolutely um, incredible if you do it right. It requires um, being patient with the training process, having um, a system to share how to do repetitive tasks. Ooh, okay. Um, and it requires being not micromanagerial because mm -hmm. Where I see people fail in 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 hiring and in hiring uh, virtual is um, they want it to be done the way they would do it. Hmm. And when you can kind of get over the mental hump of um, done is better than perfect, mm -hmm. um, you just get so much more accomplished. And uh, I, I, you know, quick we quickly scaled from one virtual person to five. Okay, um, because it. It, man, it affects profitability. Mm. It affects the amount of service you can offer. In my office in Chesterfield, Missouri, like we are doing so much value add uh, for our agents mm. all through our people in the Philippines. And, wow. um, and, and it's, it's, it's remarkable because for a very small, uh, for a very generous towards the agent split and yeah. a very small cap, we're we're offering what brokerages used to charge fifty percent of the commission with no cap for, and uh, and we can do it uh, at scale with four hundred agents. It's incredible. Wow, uh, that's brilliant, and I appreciate you clarifying the physical and the digital hire, Russ. I mean, I think that's important, and a lot of people are looking into you know virtual going through. And this is not a plug for Cyberbacker, but is that kind of how did you find them? What, what's been the experience like that way? Just in case if somebody's trying to follow your footsteps. If yeah. Uh, Cyberbacker is a, is a company that was started by Craig Goodliff, who is a KW maps coach. Okay. And uh, he's uh, he's using Keller Williams as the place where <laughs> entrepreneurs thrive. He started with um one person in the Philippines. Now we have, I think he has 3,500 full-time college educated, talented, um, virtual assistants. Wow. And they are trained on how to do real estate and, and specifically how to use the KW systems and tools. But, uh, my assistant Nikki has been with me for almost five years and, um, uh, you know, completely handled through them. Yep. Um, and it's a, it's a, smooth process. I mean, you know, she does everything for me from, you know, doing research reports to putting CMAs together to driving my database. She does my email. She does my calendar. She tells me who to, to, to call, you know, practically uh, tells me what I'm supposed to wear tomorrow. So oh, it, it's, it. it's really helpful. Oh, Ross, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for, for diving deep into details and, and really just shedding so much light and so many different topics that really matter for growth and scale and, and just really from your perspective at the highest level. So 
Uh, I can't thank you enough. I am going to give um, Cyberbacker a shout out. If Russ is using them, that's a big, you know, stamp of approval. I, I will definitely put them in the show notes if anybody's interested, uh, you know, to, to learn more of that sort of thing as well. But Russ, I, I have to dub you an official real estate titan, my friend. <laughs> uh, that is a badge of honor that you can wear forever. There's no plaques, there's no trophies, but it's in your heart. Uh, that is yours, my friend. You've earned it 100%. So I can't thank you enough. Thank you. This is great. And everybody, thank you as always for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like here doing Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like and subscribe. You do know what to do at this point. I appreciate you. Uh, I do want to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lion Bolt Media. If you are in real estate and you're looking to grow and scale your business to the highest of levels with the leading edge digital marketing, visit lionboltmedia.com for more information. We are live here every Tuesday afternoon a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Russ. Thanks.